okay, I'm getting, I'm getting ready. I'm getting zenned in. I'm getting zoned the fuck in, okay? I'll be ready. We are, okay? Hello, guys. Stop it. Hi, guys. Welcome to POV, You're My Therapist, the podcast where I vent, you listen, and you do not get paid, okay? So, happy Easter Sunday. Today is Easter Sunday. Uh, it's a lovely day here in Georgia. Um, not really. There's a bit of sun, but uh, it's quite gloomy outside. Um, for some reason, in my head, I kind of just assumed that Easter Sunday was like Christmas where everything is closed now. Like, people are still like going to work. There's still things to you can do. I didn't know that. So, like, I, in my head, I just wasn't going to leave the house today, but I have some shoes that I need to return, so I'm going to go return them. They're that, those green, um, heels that y'all saw on my story, and, um, not my story, but I made a TikTok video with them where it's, like, um, with that sound that's, like, I don't like, my money don't jiggle jiggle, it folds, yeah. So I made, like, a little clip with them, and, like, I really thought that I could lie to myself and say that, like, yeah, you can get accustomed to them, just stretch out your ankles before you wear those heels, but then, like, it dawned on me, the like, the more that I, like, walked around my room in those heels that, like, no amount of stretching, no amount of stretching my ankles can make me walk comfortably in this thing, like, Literally, and like honestly, and I'm not playing with it no more because I told y'all that I went out like in the middle of the week. Two of my toes are still numb, <laughs> two of my toes are still numb, and like, and I was very scared because I'm like, why are my toes still numb? Like, what's going on here? Like, I'm a little bit frightened, you know what I'm saying? Like, I keep checking to make sure they're not going purple. But apparently, if you wear shoes for too long, and like, that's the thing, like, I have a green pair that I went clubbing with. The girl was out all night with these shoes on, okay? Nary a painful moment. And I realized it's because I only wore them for three hours. I think that night, I wore the pink ones from, I'm going to say six o'clock, because that's when I was like ready and I left my home. Six o'clock till four in the morning. So that's a really long time to have my poor little toes squoze in those shoes. And so I was thinking about that and I was like looking at these green shoes and I was like, babes, like unless I'm sitting down and then I get up and then I sit back down, I don't even take a step or two. I need to return these shoes. So I'm going to return them and finally fold and buy some cute flats, not like ballet flats. I don't believe in them. Um, but like some cute little flat shoes that like I can actually withstand an entire evening in because like that was a shame and like literally I'm wiggling my toes right now and like I can only feel a couple of them. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, so that has nothing. Well, actually, yeah, because Easter Sunday, that means that place is open that I need to return them. But anyways, um, I thought that today is a very fitting time for me to talk about religion and spirituality because I've been meaning to talk about it and I feel like I talk about it sporadically throughout the podcast, but I never like sit down and like talk about religion and like my own religious beliefs. Um, I've probably mentioned this before, but I am a Christian and that wasn't really always the case. Um, I feel like more than anything, I was raised Catholic because I went through all of the seven sacraments per I did had a big communion and everything and like communions like for children um in my community in the Haitian community are so over the top and expensive that you would I I mean the concept is a wedding (laughs) period you're getting married to Jesus so um 
yeah, I my mom made my communion gown because like I've mentioned before, my mom is a dress designer and or she used to make dresses and um and yeah, so I had like a very nice communion gown, like very, very nice. Um, and honestly, I, my mother will probably be making my wedding dress. <laughs> Not even going to lie. Like, uh, yeah, she'll probably be making my wedding dress. She made my sister's wedding dress and she made a couple of my cousin's wedding dresses. Um, but she doesn't like making people clothes cause she just doesn't like having to have, uh, <laughs> my mummy. This is so off topic, but my mom does not like to have bedside manner. She doesn't. She doesn't like to find a way to say her words nicer. You know? <laughs> she doesn't like it. And, like, that's why she left making dresses because, like, she literally would tell me about, like, these fat women that would come in. And she's a fat girl herself. So all these fat women that would come in and they, the dress would be a size 22. And if you do not change that tag to a size 12, all hell will break loose. So she would, like, tell me about that. And she was just like, I just hated having to, like, be so nurturing to people's feelings. And, like, and she right because she makes me dresses sometimes and, like, she, like, will tailor some of my clothes or, like, give me opinions on, like, outfits I wear. And she's like, your fupa is hanging out. And I'm like, who asked you? I didn't ask. I asked, do I look good? Do I look bad? It's the yes or no question. Why are you bringing my fupa into this? Leave her out of it. This ain't her business. This ain't her business. But, yeah, so she, anyways, she, she will probably be making my wedding dress. And there will probably be a lot of fighting, okay? Um, But, yeah, so comedians in the Haitian Catholic community, ooh, over the top, over the top. But I feel like my relationship with religion goes way farther back because every time I think about my youth and, like, my childhood, up until the ages of, like, specifically eight and nine, um, I feel like a lot of it was rooted around... Was, it was just rooted around the church, like growing up in the church, everything that we did revolved the church. Like I went to parochial school. I went to nun school. I went to Catholic school. I went every private school I went to had a religious underlining. Like that was a very big thing. And like they weren't only like preparing you for the world and like your education. They were like preparing you for like, I don't know, like some religious thing. Like they wanted to keep... um us religious and like I even remember like when I was in like obviously America when I lived in New England I went to a private school that it was a Catholic school and we had a course every day called religion which is where like I remember this book because it weirdly enough it was one of the most colorful books we had but like basically it would like break down morals of the Bible and like it was like very it was like a study course like just like how you learned Spanish you learned religion so we talked about religion a lot did any of it stick to me no absolutely not why would it? Um, never did. Um, and I feel like because growing up in like a uber religious family and like, it made me like really not like religion, like, <laughs> to, like really not like religion, like growing up, like my grandmother, I feel like I didn't really feel much cause I lived with my grandmother for a while. I didn't really feel much of like a religious pressure, but like when it came to religion and my mother, oh my goodness, like my mother has a lot of Aquarius placements, so let's just get that out of the way. She's extremely stubborn. Um, and when it came to religion, like, she forged a really intense relationship with religion because she wasn't married. And, like, you know that saying that when it's, like, when your back's against the world, well, what is it? When when the world turns on you, what is that saying? God damn it. It's from The Lion King. <laughs> it's Timo. 
LeBron and Pumba who said that it's like when the world turns on you and you turn your back to the world, something like that, who do you have? It's like when your back's against the wall and there's nobody else to call, who do you call? Jesus. Okay. <laughs> that was my mother. Okay. So, and in all the times she called Jesus, Jesus answered. So she had a very close relationship with God because like, you know, for some people, religion is the, the solving to all their problems. But I think like sometimes that love of something like puts a fear in you and like a lot of religious people have like this insane fear that their children are gonna go to hell that like you're gonna die you're gonna go to hell and like god is is not gonna love you like they really have like these intense beliefs and like my mom for sure had intense beliefs like to the point where i feel like it like mentally like it fucked with me like a lot and like it was just like not good um and it was like that for a while and of course i started rebelling duh because why would i not um and I think my sister had, like, a different approach. She was just, like, uninvolved. She was, like, I have my own shit to go through. Or at least that's how I felt. I don't felt like, mm, let me take that back. I don't think she was uninvolved in everything that was going on. I think she just had her own coping mechanisms, and I had mine. So religion, like, was just at every fucking corner of our lives. Like, it was horrible. It was horrible. Because, like, the root of so much, so many religious people is judgment. It's being judgmental. It's being, like, holier than thou. It's like, God loves me more. You're fucking up. Let me fix you. I need to save you. I need to save you. Let me save you. Like, I need to save you so you can come to heaven with me. And it's like, bitch, why are you so sure you're going to heaven? Who told you that? Miss Judgy Judgy Pants? Like, you're sitting here looking at everybody and thinking that you're going to go to hell. You're going to go to hell. Oh, my God. I'm the only one who knows Jesus. I need to save everybody. Bitches like you, I'll drag you to hell with me. Like, really? I hate that shit so much. And it's really prevalent in, like, every religious, like, like so many religious groups. Like, it doesn't matter, like, if you're Haitian Catholic, if you're American Christian, if you're white Christian, if you're a white Catholic, like it's so prevalent. And it's like, it's so annoying because I'm like, y'all are complaining about people leaving the church when in fact it is that exact behavior that makes people leave the church. Like, and the thing like that annoyed me like for a long time was that I just didn't, I was already having a hard time like fitting in in school and like just growing up and like having these weird sorts of familial relationships with people. And then I had to be sprung into the church where, mind you, it was obviously I'm Haitian, so it was a black church. And actually, <laughs> we went to two churches. We didn't just go to one church, but we went to two churches. We went to an American Catholic church and then we went to a Haitian Catholic church. So on Friday nights, I went to a Haitian Catholic church and then Saturday, no, and then Sunday I went to... Um, I went to the American Catholic church and then from Monday to Friday, I had religion in school. And then on, I think Thursdays and Saturdays, I had after school religious programs that I had to attend that one of them was at the regular American church. And then the other one was at the Haitian Catholic church, the, the American regular, the American regular church, the American Christian church was not that bad because I was one of the only young people there. And it was like a bunch of old people. And like, I felt like they were a lot less judgmental. Meanwhile, at the Haitian Catholic church, I like, I like, it's just like, oh my Jesus. I feel, I feel like sometimes when you're so focused on like being perfect, you just overlook like the small things. And like, I remember like, I did not get along with any, 
any of the fucking people at the Haitian Catholic Church because they did not like me because I sounded white. And like, (laughs) if you are a black girl, specifically black girls that go through this, if you are a black girl who has had the misfortune of being somewhere in between suburbia and your, your ethnic affiliation and having to navigate both sides of that, um, and your ethnic affiliation being purely that ethnic affiliation, like there's no mixing pot, whatever. It's like pure Haitian, like pure ethnic affiliation, bitch. You're just in for a ride. You're just in for a ride because, like, I didn't get along with a lot of these other kids because they lived in a part of the city where there were a lot of Haitian people. So they they were very much in tune with their Haitian culture. Meanwhile, you would have thought that I would have been the most Haitian because I, I was fresh off the boat. I was fresh off the boat. Like, I was American, but I was living abroad in Haiti. Like, I was fresh off the boat. Like, I was the most Haitianist of them all. And yet, they had the nerve to be like, you're not Haitian enough. You're not black enough. Like, why do you talk like a white girl? And I'm not going to lie. Like, I did. Honestly, listening back to myself in this podcast, I'm like, damn, you do sound like a valley girl. So I can only imagine. But, like, I feel like my southern, the southern twang that I gained over the last 15 fucking years has kind of, like, smoothed the edge of my uh, valley girlification. So I'm like, I can only imagine what I sounded like as a child with a higher pitched voice and no southern edge to this twang no southern twang to this voice whatever so um so yeah so like I got bullied a lot and like uh, and like my mom would like try to get me like be friends with these kids but like these kids were fucking evil like I remember like there was one this actually like high key traumatic but like there was this group of siblings and it was like a a girl her brother and her youngest brother And I remember one time I had a sleepover at their house and they had a hamster. What is up with kids and fucking hamsters? But they had a hamster. And I remember, um, I forget what I said. I said, God, oh my God. Yes. This is what happened. I said, God. And this was right after we had the lesson on saying God's name in vain. I didn't say, God damn it. I didn't say none of that. I said, God. And I remember that older sibling, she did not like me. She was, I don't know what her problem was with me, but she did not like me at all. And like, she was like very, I don't know if you guys have ever had somebody who is like, their body mass is dense and they throw their weight around. Like they physically throw their weight around to harm you. Like she, like she was like very aggressive, like in the way she interacted with me and like, I can't remember if she was like that with other people. She was extremely aggressive with the way she interacted with me specifically. And like, she was like, she was a bully. Like she was a bully. Like she was dense and she was a bully. And I remember we had the lesson on God saying God's name in vain. And I said, I said, oh my God. Like at one point that whole fucking night, like from the drive from the church to her house to that whole sleepover. I remember they made me sleep in a closet because I said God's name in vain and that they couldn't be associated. Like the kids did this, their parents didn't know this was happening obviously, but that they're, but because they couldn't be associated with somebody who would say God's name in vain. And I remember that happening and being like, you know what? Like that's low key fine. Cause I don't like y'all anyways. Like I don't feel safe around you people. And so I remember the next morning, um, or I think I actually went downstairs to sneak watching TV. I did sneak watching TV 
And the next morning when I woke up and like my mom was coming to get me, I remember I saw their dad and he had like a wife beater on and he had a tattoo on his arm. And I remember him coming up to me and saying, oh, my daughter told me you were saying God's name in vain. And I was like, all I said was, oh, my God. And he was like, I could tell on his face that like he thought it was stupid, but like he still had to make a point because like it was his daughter. And he was like, yeah, well, that's wrong. And then I remember looking at his tattoo and being like, "Mm, we also just learned that tattoos are not allowed in the Bible. Like, I remember that. And like that experience made me realize, like, you're a fucking hypocrite. I don't think I knew the word hypocrite then, but I knew what it I knew the meaning of it. And I was like, you're one of those. And I was like, your kids are one of those. And I'm never coming back to this motherfucking house again. And like, that was the thing about like me as a kid I feel like I do have a lot of religious trauma but I also feel like because I had a lot of sense as a kid and I did not like hypocrites like I did not like people who said one thing and did another thing like from an early age that was something that I just like could not vibe with and like and I got in trouble a lot for that and like I remember like I remember one time my mom she would like make us like rush to clean the house and then um, and like yelling at everybody at the last minute trying to get the house clean. I remember one time I told her, child, I almost lost my life to that day. I said to her, I was like, do your friends know that you keep your house dirty? And then when it's time for people to come over, you rush clean it. Child, whew, my West Indian mother almost put my ass in a grave, child. I don't think I talked back for like two years after that. <laughs> I learned my life in. But I had a lot of like religious trauma and and I just like I just couldn't vibe with it and like and then by the time I was in middle school girl I was like I'm an atheist my mother's worst nightmare I was like I'm an atheist sorry and she and yeah and honestly like I don't think there was much conversation in between it because um I was like I'm an atheist I don't believe in anything you can't make me believe in anything you can take my ass to church that's fine Um, I don't care, but I don't believe in this religion. I don't care for it at all. Uh, and, and that wasn't a conversation for a long time because like, honestly, I went through a time where I just like, didn't really speak to my mom, um, or my sister and like, uh, just like a lot of shit that I just didn't really feel like dealing with at the time. So I later on, I don't know what kind of got me back into religion, Like, I remember a lot of my feelings about religion were, like, closely tied with my relationship with my mother because, like, she was uber-religious. But then, for some fucking reason, I don't know what it was, I don't know what kind of miracle happened, but she changed her views on religion slightly because I think she had her own experience with people who were just, like, extremely hypocritical and she kind of realized that, like, structured religion and, like, religion that you can make money off of all of that like it's kind of it's that community a lot of the time it's not a real community if you don't have anything to offer they don't want you they don't care like and I think she realized that because if you don't have anything to offer they don't care this is not the church that you see in the bible where Jesus is like bring me your poor you're hungry you're tired bring me your crooks your prostitutes your whatever churches are literally like don't come here if you've seen a prostitute in the last 90 years and by seen I mean laid eyes upon and by laid eyes upon I mean you didn't even know they were a prostitute but then they became a prostitute we're gonna send you to hell because of that because somehow you're at fault for that like it's not like that and like 
for me, like religious is not religion, organized religion is not a comfort. Like it's absolutely not that community that people talk about when they're like, Oh, I love my church family. I love my church. Yeah. Stop donating. Stop offering them things. Go through a bad time and see where that church family is. And honestly, and if your church family sticks by you, Jesus Christ, you found a family good for you. But for a lot of the times, that's not the fucking case. And I know that 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 wasn't the case. And especially that Haitian church that we were going to, that was not the fucking case. You stop having things to offer them. uh, Kick it to the curb, honey. So, um, for, for a long, so after that, she kind of like had different views on religion and she kind of like started practicing her Christianity in a more personal manner. And I think later on, as like, I grew, not like grew up, but like, as I grew older, that's kind of what I started doing, um, was just kind of, I don't know, understanding Christianity in a way that made sense to me that I didn't feel like was contrived or conflicted with anything else like and honestly like I'm still learning about myself like as a religious person and like what it actually means for me divine to be religious because I think it's still confusing like one of my biggest irritations is the simple fact that like you cannot call God like you cannot hit that nigga up on the phone and be like bro can I please please just like tell me what's going on like you can't do that and and that's like one of my biggest frustrations and because of that I'm always seeking tangible means of understanding what's happening around me and like and and you know sometimes like you can see God at work in your life but like I feel like I personally still have a level of doubt and the level of doubt is just simply that I think there's a lot of things in my life that I'm just impatient with that I want change for right now. And like, it's a constant battle for me to remind myself, Hey, there's something called alignment. If this thing came into your life and you weren't ready, you would have fucked it up. If you came into that thing's life and they weren't ready, they would have fucked it up. Why? What is the problem with just having patience and waiting until the lines cross at the exact path that they're meant to? For me, that's like such a huge issue because I always think like, I always think like, well, what about the people who like they're fucking up left and right and then they get everything they want and then they learn how to be perfect. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. But there's 7 billion people on the planet and they all have their own lessons and trajectory and things that they need to learn. And like, that's always been like one of my biggest issues for in religion is like kind of, is kind of me comparing myself to what's going on in other people's lives and asking God, like, why is that not me? like am I not like what did I do like why is this happening to me like in a lot of the time like I'm like I feel cursed I feel really cursed and I've said this before but like I've had conversations with friends where I'm like it's either I'm cursed or I'm divinely protected and then I swear to god within seconds it's like a bitch slap to the face like pure evidence in my fucking face that I am in fact divinely protected and I'm not cursed and that what I thought I wanted was not what I actually want and it's just not what I wanted so because of that, because I'm constantly in a search for tangible means and tangible answers, like I always, I always had friends who would like, you know, they're like, why don't you go see a psychic? Why don't you go see a psychic? And like, I never really wanted to because I was kind of afraid and still <laughs> I'm like a little afraid that like this goes against my religion and like my religious beliefs and especially it's weird because like when I think about it I don't even think about the 
I'm not thinking about the the Catholicism. I'm not thinking about the Christianity. I'm more so thinking about the Haitian part of it. Because if you don't know this, Haitians, um, one of the biggest religions in Haiti is called voodoo. And a lot of people like think it's a joke. They think it's just funny. They think it's just witchcraft and voodoo heria and like all this kind of stuff. And it's like, it's really not. And like, I've seen it firsthand. Like, this is where the episode gets a little bit spooky. Um, because I'm full of stories that I can tell you about like firsthand accounts of seeing voodoo happen in Haiti. And and growing up in Haiti, I lived in Haiti for eight solid years. And then for a couple years after that, I would go back there for three months in the summer. So I am a Haitian. I lived in Haiti, family in Haiti. I speak the language. I went to school in Haiti, all of it, like all of it. Like I am a Haitian person. Like, you know what I'm saying? <sighs> I have not known one single instance of somebody using voodoo for good not a single one not a single one and I think a lot of the times when you get on the internet and you have people who are Haitian and but they're like a generation removed or they weren't raised there or whatever, whatever have you, like they didn't experience it firsthand. You get a lot of people talking about voodoo in a positive light. And to me, that word just has such a negative connotation. And if you see it in a positive connotation, that's good for you. Congratulations. I have just never witnessed it used in a good way. So growing up in Haiti and like even like talking about it, like makes me a little bit nervous because like people are so wicked with it. And like, and like, I've had people like in my own family, like literally try to do things to other members of our family by means of voodoo and witchcraft. And it's just, I've just never seen it like in a good light at all, like ever, ever, ever. Um, but <laughs> growing up, there was a, a witch doctor who lived behind her house and it's weird because like I don't remember a lot like visually like senses wise I don't remember a lot about Haiti itself like places people things I don't really remember like sensory is not a thing that I feel like you know how like you smell something and you're transplanted you're transported back that's not really something I experienced with Haiti because I think like the memories are so are so locked in and they're so vivid that like that type of like sensory thing is like it's more little it's a little bit more whimsical like you know what I'm saying but the only one of the only sensory memories that I have of Haiti is the first time that I stepped into this witch doctor's house and I don't remember what I was doing there but I remember that there were like streamers of every color lined like every inch of the roof to the po point where like it kind of looked like you know where um you know where Nemo lives and how there's like those little fingery thingies it was like that all over the roof and there were flags everywhere and there was like a big statue of 
um, Mary and like there was a big statue of Jesus and like a big statue of like all these saints and stuff. And I remember like it kind of looked like a big gymnasium. And, and I remember like feeling so, uh, <laughs> what is the word? I wasn't at ease. I wasn't at ease. Like I felt like I wasn't alone. I was in there alone, but I felt like I wasn't alone. Like I felt very much like the room was full, you know? So I always kind of knew like that there was something going on there sorry I always kind of knew that there was something going on there and but I didn't realize the the heaviness of it until I grew up right I had moments as a child that I didn't really know how to explain like there was a there was an issue not an issue but I remember like one time seeing like a goat and like being very aware that this goat was not a goat like that it was something else I just didn't know it was and, but I don't really think I ever told anybody that. And then also, like, I had other experiences where, like, now we're getting into, like, a fucking Halloween spooky story. Um, I'll save some of these stories for Halloween, but, um, I remember, like, there was, anyway, so I'm going to tell you a couple of voodoo stories, all right? So, growing up in Haiti, like, my mom would tell me this story specifically, which is when she, as a child, decided, I'm not about to play with voodoo, okay? Because my grandma was kind of, like, a voodoo priestess, and then she she uh what is the word she converted to christianity and i mean like the real kind of converted through christianity because a lot of voodoo people in haiti will say that they're christians but like they kind of pull from one side or the other and then they you know do whatever they're doing so um my my mom like has all of these stories of things that happened to her when she was a kid and like things that really like freaked her out and i have a couple of the same um and like and that kind of carries with you even when you're on even when you've left the country, because, like, my mom was telling me the other day how uh, I have a cousin, and his name is Ben, and <laughs> when we were kids, we we had, like, this weird obsession with the trash. Um, we had this weird obsession with the trash, so, so Ben and I had this weird obsession with the trash, because, like, I think in our heads, we kind of thought, like, it was, like, Mary Poppins, like, portal, because, like, in our head, like, everything you put in the trash disappeared so we would put everything in the trash we put shoes in the trash we put clothes in the trash we put all that shit in the trash and everything would automatically I think it was like a shoot so like it went to outside it went to the dumpster so my mom is like losing her shoes she's losing stuff for work and all of that and like to the point where like she's like freaking out because she's like I left this stuff here and now I can't find it anywhere in this house and it's always one shoe that is missing so my mom and my aunt they think that there's a ghost in the house they think that the house is haunted or like somebody's doing voodoo on them they have a whole entire exorcism for the house like a whole like burning of sage and blessing of the house and then one day they catch me and my cousin hauling we're like four okay we're the same age we're like four we're hauling a bag of rice to put in the trash and my sister was the one who saw us and she was like oh my god has it been you too we're like four we don't get what's going on we just think that we're throwing things into a different dimension and it's fine so they you know my mom and my aunt thought like it was voodoo and like somebody was you know 
like I don't know like casting spells on them and shit but like that's the kind of thing that like kind of sticks with you and like it haunts you like even when you're in a place where you don't know anybody like they didn't know anybody at that time who could have been doing that to them but like it was still like a very big fear and it's like when bad things are happening to you kind of resort to thinking that it's because of that so like as I've grown older like obviously anything that had to do with like witchcraft crystals spells moon dance I don't know all of that like I kind of stayed away from it because I just didn't want to somehow be practicing voodoo and not really realizing it and then um but then the issue of me needing tangible answers came up and like and I felt like that was more harmful to my mental health than fucking going to see a psychic like genuinely like genuinely because I'm like it's just a psychic like either they're gonna be right or they're gonna be wrong and like and not even the fact that psychics are not voodoo like they're just not and um and and so I was like all right like I'm gonna kind of like I'm gonna figure this out like I'm gonna think about this a little bit more and try to understand like where tarot and psychics fit into my religion that I have so um and and honestly like I could be a skeptic and say that like I don't think that any of those things are true or that um that they're true or that they have any real meaning to them but I'd be lying because y'all last night I was having a conversation with my friend and I straight up told her this is exactly what I said I was talking about somebody and I said I think they just need to come around like I think I need to give them space to grow to heal to really think about like what they want in their life and then you know when the time comes the time comes and like this is somebody from my past that I do have a history with and that the more that I'm in therapy the more that I think about him the more that I think about it the more that I'm in therapy the more that I realize that like you know not all of it I don't even want to say that not all of it was like his fault or like or my fault or anything like that I think it was really just things just weren't aligning like things were out of alignment they weren't working like these things were not in alignment they were not working and you know this friendship was never really gonna survive because we were just entirely in two different places and I give her I give my friend this entire spiel this entire spiel when I tell you guys I do not tell my psychic shit I don't tell her shit bro I don't because I'm always trying to catch her in a lie I'm always trying to catch her in a lie because I'm like, today's going to be the day that I find out you've been scamming me, period. So, so I don't tell her anything. I don't tell her about my desires. I don't tell her about what I do. I don't tell her about the men I talk to. I don't do none of it. None of it. As far as she knows, I'm not straight. I don't tell this lady nothing. The only thing that I told her was that I was 26. I told her I was a Scorpio. And I told her that my love life was dry. <laughs> That's exactly what I told her. I told her my shit was dry, like for real. And so she initially had said something during our first reading that kind of like threw me off my caliber and sent me down a spiral for real, for real. 
and made me like was asking myself a lot of questions so I finally had to let that go because I was like bitch you're not gonna spiral over some shit that's either is or isn't so give it a rest and then I had a moment with the person that some of this stuff involved that basically was a reflection of something she said like you know how like somebody is like it's like you're studying and your 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 principal not your principal your teacher is like this may be on the test and then it's on the test and you're like oh yeah we talked about this that's literally what it was like I had that moment and I just literally was like we talked about this and then it happened in real life with the person so last night I she pulls a couple cards for me and when I tell you it is literally verbatim the conversation that I had with my friend literally an hour before and to the point where I said did this bitch tap my phone because it is the exact same fucking conversation she's telling me all this stuff and then she's like She's like, but you have to give it space. She was like, you have to give it space because people can change. They can grow. They can heal. They can do all of these things. But if it's not in alignment, it's not in alignment. And she was like, and and what I'm getting from spirit is that at this point, these things are coming into alignment. They're going to come into alignment pretty soon. And I'm like, I was just like really shocked because like, it wasn't as vague as I'm making it seem. It was quite fucking specific but I don't want nobody listening to this goddamn podcast who knows me in real life knowing my business it was really fucking specific like when I tell you she she said something that had to do with a time place and at one point she even repeated a phrase that this person says and I was like I guess I'm not going to catch you in the lie today. <laughs> so, so like, I want to, you know, I want to, like, a part of me wants to believe that, like, you know, psychic and tarot and all that stuff is, like, malarkey. But then shit like this happens. And this has been the lady that does all of my readings. And when I tell you every time she does one for me, it's just confirmation of it all. It's just confirmation of it all. Like, and... And I, you know, I can't, I'm at a place where I can't necessarily reject some of the spiritual things that are happening to me in my life. Um, I'm still learning and trying to understand where all of these things fit because I will say like, I feel the most comfort and at home with my Christian religion, um, And I don't know if there is a world where tarot and psychics and Christianity can go hand in hand. I have no idea. But um, I'd like to imagine there is, but maybe I'm lying to myself. Um, But it's just like that need for tangibility. I think it's so unfair that like something somewhere put us here and gave us no definitive answer no course of action no definitive path no definitive anything and just said babe figure it the fuck out and that does not sit well with me 
that to me is intensely rude and really kind of awful and honestly Elmo's gonna sue because like that's like dropping your kids off at school and giving them no kind of guidelines that ain't fair that's not fair to me like you know one time totally going off topic because we're nearing the end of the podcast anyways um I might revisit this subject at some point in the future but going off topic you know one time I was on conspiracy tiktok and I saw this conspiracy where this woman was saying that um she believes that there are three groups of ruling aliens that have been running she said that she believes that there's three groups of ruling aliens that have been running the same experiment on earth for the last millennia okay just putting people on earth and seeing how long it takes us to kill ourselves i believe that i believe that and then every time they need to redo the experiment they just send another big bang i believe that because at this point i'm like this shit is weird like i probably am a sim like i probably am a simulation and i'm and i try not to think about that too much but you know it does cross my mind a lot um but yeah, so I'm just like, I think it's really, that's why I'd be feeling like we're experiments because like how you put people on in, you put people in close proximity of each other, they got to work together. You don't give them no kind of guideline. Well, I mean, they kind of do kind of give you a guideline, but like, and I mean like those guidelines are like the Bible, Quran, Torah, all of those religious texts, but then you let like half of that shit burn down in the library of Alexandria. Mm-hmm. And then people have such short lifetimes that even if you, you, in a lifetime, in a generation, you start coming to a conclusion about something that could literally fix the world, guess what? Dead. You die. And then your little shithead kids do not pick up where you left off. And then it's just like the same cycle over and over and over and over and over. Which makes me think that if we are an experiment and if we are simulations, maybe in the next simulation, they'll give us a longer lifetimes. But then you think about that, not me going on this whole tangent. Then you think about that and you think about how like in the Bible, people were living up to like 800 years old and they were still fucking up. They were still fucking up. Like it was not, it was given how you childish at 750 years old. Like it, it, maybe it's just people, it's just people and like just being dumb as hell. Like anyways, so that's like, that's my overall frustration with religion and like, and just how people will take it and bend it and shape it to 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 feed their narrative through it to they will take religion and they will flip it upside down make it pop make it twerk like literally yesterday one of my mom's friends was telling her about how she went on this entire rant about republicans because she was saying how this lady that she knows is now a staunch republican and she's super against abortions because um she feels that if abortion had been legal she would not have had the three abortions she had And she would have had kids now. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You would have been abusing those fucking kids because you know why you didn't want them at the time. Be thankful for the abortion because you probably would have been in jail instead. Wishing you aborted those damn kids that you didn't even want. Like, shit like that. Like, you cannot take your own moral failures. Take the religion. Decide to wrap that around your moral failure like a pretty bow. And then decide that that is the standard and that is the gift of shit that you're giving everybody. Like, that's really one of my biggest issues. And also, I live in the South. I live in the South. I live in a place called the Bible Belt. And when I tell you I have never met more hypocritical people than I have in the South, oh my God. 
the hypocrite, uh, the hip, the hypocrisy, the hypocrisy, the lying, the the manipulation, the the better than than thou, the 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 lack of grace, the lack of empathy, the lack of care, the lack of love. They don't even. So many people that I've run into in the south do not have that love or care for their own family. They will give it to everybody that they meet in church, out of church, on their mission trips to Africa to help the poor children of Africa. Meanwhile, their poor fucking child is at home, gay, in the closet, feeling like they need to die because their parents have zero love to give them because they are gay. Like, I literally cannot stand it. And if I could take that Bible belt and use it like a real leather belt and whoop these people in the hiney, I would. Like... It's the craziest thing to me. It's like there's such a huge lack of self-awareness here. It blows my mind. It blows my mind. And the reason why is because religion is at the root of it. Like, I don't think that religion is inherently bad. I think that people use religion to do inherently bad things. They use religion to justify inher- inherently horrible things, like slavery. We literally do not have to go, <laughs> we don't have to go into that. But like, and like sometimes, like I'm not even gonna lie, like sometimes like when I really wanna tussle with God, I'd be like, why you let niggas be slaves for so long? What's good with that? What's good with that? Why you let black people be slaves for so long? 400 years, bitch? For a hundo? Like, why did you do that? Why did you make me fat? Like, I mean, when I really want to tussle, I'm like, why'd you make me fat? Why is Russia fighting with everybody? Why? Why? I straight up be like asking God these questions. And then like, and then the other one, when I'm combing my hair, this is so awful, but when I'm combing my hair and my nap's getting so mad and my arm is hurting and my hair is like fucked up, I'm like, why did you give me this hair? My shit is fine and coarse and it likes to tangle. You hate me. Like all the time, like there's things that like I ask like that, but then later on, like a responsible adult I am, I try to remind myself that just like there is this higher power that I believe in, that I find safety in, that I, that I thank for when the good things happen to me, there's also like evil in the world and we see evil every day. And, and you know, the Bible talks about God. Actually, my mom brought up a really good point the other day, but okay. But, um, there's evil in the world. And so the evil is going to affect life itself and it's going to make things hard and it's going to, you know, I, I don't really think that religion and Christianity and God itself is a fix all to everything, but it is a place of calm and a place of peace to find refuge from all the evils of the world. Cause there's a lot of it and you can only do so much good to outweigh the evil. But this is what I want to say. The other day, my mom brought up a really good point. And my mom was saying that a lot of times people, when they think about Jesus, they always think about him as, she was saying she doesn't understand why it seems like there's probably a huge possibility that Jesus probably had a wife and the Bible, the King James Version, and like all the American English Anglo-Saxon versions probably removed it. And she was like, she was going on this whole rant about nuns and priests and all these things and like them being single and like uh, being virgins and all this shit. She was going on and on about this. And she was saying how the Bible basically tells you that Jesus comes to the earth to experience human, to experience humanity, to be a human. 
And she was like, so why does everybody want to believe that he is on earth acting like a perfect God when he's not? When he's 12 years old, running away from his mom, cussing her out at the temple, flipping tables at the temple, cussing people out. When there are people who, when he's nice to, to people who nobody else are nice to. She was like, in reality, like if you actually take the text for what it says and you think, you know, you apply some critical thinking, Jesus comes to earth to experience humanity and the best and the worst of humanity. That includes sex. That includes marriage. That includes drugs, probably addiction. That includes insane feelings of pain. If you told me to be a drug addict today or to get nailed to the cross, a person who gets nailed to the cross, you're okay. Like you probably went through a little, a little drug spout. You know what I'm saying? Like, for God to really understand, not God, but for, I'd imagine that for Jesus to really understand and sympathize with humanity the way that the Bible says he does, he probably had to come to earth and experience the worst and the best, meaning pain, drugs, addiction, hurt, and the best of it, love, acceptance, community, to understand the full spectrum of being human. When I die, I know there are a million feelings that I'm never going to feel. And God felt all of them. So, and I don't think that there's really anything inherently wrong about the Bible. I think you just have to use a lot of critical thinking when you read it. And to kind of read it with an open mind. And, and to not go into it desperate for answers. Because I think that's where my frustration comes from is like when I'm desperate for answers and I go right into the Bible no I don't think that really works and I don't think that's helpful for anybody at all um but yeah okay Jesus so these big topics are like really they're kind of hard to get your ideas out <laughs> so I know sometimes I'm like rambling and like scrambling to get my shit together but thank you for listening anyways and you know trying to keep up with my fucking thoughts running around my head Um, this is the end of the podcast. If you made it this far, if you made it this far, comment a century of style. That's what my tote bag from Architectural Digest says. If you made it this far, comment a century of style. Okay. Um, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for sitting with me and listening to me try to get my thoughts around this big ass concept. Jesus. But, um, but yeah, so thank you. And I hope you have a nice Easter. I hope you have a nice week. I hope you feel loved. I hope you feel accepted. I hope you feel at peace. I hope you feel warmth. I hope you feel like you matter and you do matter. Even if you feel like you don't matter, you matter to me and you matter to everybody else that you have ever ran into in this life. Um, I love you so much. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating or a review. If you're listening on Spotify, leave a rating. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment, leave a like, um, follow and, uh, subscribe, (laughs) subscribe and hit the notification bell so you can be notified when I post. Um, as always, my Instagram is vinephilo. That's also my Twitter, vinephilo, V-I-N-E-P-H-I-L-O. And my TikTok is dphil, D-P-H-I-L-E. Um, thank you for joining me this week. I will see you next week. I love you, baby. Bye. Mwah. Mwah. Mwah.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design, the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite-only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.